Welcome to episode 16 of the Offsides Podcast. Caught Bucket slipping. Sterling not here today. Just us. Ready to go. Got some topics. Any uh, thoughts before we get going? Sterling sucks. Yeah. And Nick's a crybaby now. Yeah, so oh that actually God. reminds oh. me. That reminds me, I want to talk about this, is that Honey Buckets is, has been going through some relationship troubles recently and i think we need to hash them out live on the podcast so what's been going on ryan's just been a crybaby no all right my girlfriend recently moved to southern california and i gave the thought to nick that i might if a lot of things go perfect and right would think about moving to southern california and ever since that day, he's just been kind of like whiny and bitchy at me. So how, is that your side of the story, Nick? I mean, it is true. His girlfriend, <laughs> his girlfriend moved down to L.A. And he brought up the idea that he might move down there, which I encouraged him to do. And I, we even talked about me and my wife moving down there as well. So. Wait, did you I, talk with your wife about this? We've talked about. You know, moving in general yeah. at some point. But what I got from Ryan's story is that there's one constant in that story, and it's me. <laughs> I'm not the one looking at other uh, apartments down there. I'm not the one that moved to LA. I've just been here ready to play NBA Jam. That's another thing. Most of our struggles don't even come from him moving or anything thinking about moving as a possibility sure comes from nba jam recently we stopped playing mario kart at work and we started playing nba jam early in our you know matchups ryan was beating me pretty handily not hand they were close games but he was beating me consistently and then recently i've had his number and he hasn't been able to handle it he won't admit it and every time I beat him, he comes back to his desk and doesn't talk to me for 20 minutes. So what's worse, not talking to him or being a little crybaby? You also do that. No, you I do don't. both. No. Oh my! You just said I don't talk Wait, to you. Would, would you possibly agree that not talking to somebody and giving somebody the silent treat- treatment might be the equivalent of being a crybaby? No, it's being the bigger man. You know what being a crybaby is? It's every time he misses a shot or gets a turnover in NBA Jam, he stomps his foot. He literally stomps his foot. I can attest to that being true. I've noticed yeah. that. That's not a crybaby, though. That's What, what I'm is a crybaby? I'm not whining. Oh, my gosh. Yes, so let me are. tell you a story um, that just happened yesterday. I make a three-pointer with my small forward. His name is Chris Mills. He was on the Warriors in the year 2000. As soon as I make the shot, Nick not screams, but like says a little loud in this exact voice, You're shooting with your center! (laughs) Just like with the biggest crybaby voice, and I almost just didn't want to play anymore. Like, I can't even shoot threes with my small forward To be fair, his name was Chris, and all you see was a C, so I thought it was his center. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you know what we're fine we're working through it sometimes today i was looking through looking at forts or kind of like shields for a desk just in case you know i just need some time to myself and i could just put the wall up 
you know I brought that up like two days ago, right? <laughs> is getting a barrier between us so I don't have to see you every second. But he doesn't want to admit that that was your idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually really don't remember that, but I, I will I'll disagree with you. Also on his notepad, Nick writes all his leads that he's going to call on a notepad. I'll give away just, my ideas. <laughs> just a long list of like 100 <laughs> names. And I just snuck in there because I knew he'd pass by it and not think about it. You fucking suck, ho. And he saw it yesterday and he was pissed. <laughs> I saw when you were on the phone and I just keep looking back at you and then just hold it up. <laughs> so that's that. <sighs> it. I don't even know how this is going to end. I think tomorrow might be the beginning of the end uh, during lunch. The, be- the beginning of the end of the, the marital problems that you're going through, relationship troubles. Honestly, really, it's just that we can't play video games because, <laughs> like, we'll go through weeks where Ryan will beat me in Mario Kart or NBA Jam and I'll be whining, and then we'll go through weeks where I'm beating Ryan in both those and he's crying. Here's the thing. When one of you is upset, both of you are upset. It's like a marriage. Yeah. It's definitely true because... If you play games together, one of you is going to get upset, and that person be upset is going to make the other one upset. You you both came to me on Wednesday and said we just we realized we can't play games together anymore. A couple an hour, two hours went by, and you were playing games together. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to throw out the definition of insanity, but or the colloquial one, but um, just maybe think about it. Just think about it. It, it. You might have to make the sacrifice for the friendship to succeed. Maybe no more games. <laughs> Is that a possibility? Maybe, nah. maybe less games. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we we have cut back. Yeah. I think that's the problem is we're not playing as much, so we're more invested in the games <laughs> yeah. that we are yeah. playing. We don't we don't really have a late game anymore. Yeah, we we used to have. I don't know if we should say this on the air. A ten thirty, a twelve thirty, and a two thirty. Yeah. And now our 2.30 is kind of non-existent. Now, like, we've only had one game a couple days this week. What I have noticed, though, and, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, that the 10.30, the 12.30, and the 2.30 used to just be, like, one Mario Kart race, like, one set of four or whatever. (laughs) And now it's NBA Live, and it's, like, four games. No. Maybe two. Two? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? I mean, like, at 10.30, not four. Four might be an exaggeration, but it's definitely more than just one game. No. If we go over there, NBA Jam, we only play one game. No, but he's saying, like, the one game of NBA Jam is equivalent to, like, two of our Mario Karts. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, I wasn't actually saying that, though. That might be true. <laughs> Fuck. That might or is. Might, it is true. Uh, but I've definitely seen a game end and another game start. In Mario? No. NBA. We've never played a full game and then started another game. Oh, okay, so maybe it wasn't a full Sometimes game. Sometimes it freezes after the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, that might be it. I, I'm obviously not paying that close attention. So. And there's been times where like halfway through the first quarter, I've rage quit. <laughs> we started a new game. I have noticed those. <laughs> They're a little louder. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I'll rage quit halfway through the first quarter because I don't want to like play a whole game where it's bad. Ryan will just get to the end when I'm up by 10, hit a three, and then he'll just rage quit with a minute left. <laughs> we never finish a game. I take it. Unless he wins. Or unless it's within one score to the to the buzzer. Yeah, we've had some good matchups lately. Yeah. Chris Mills in that same game hit a game winner. Yep. He sure did. After I got called for a backcourt with six seconds left. Dude, why are you shooting with your center? 
was a layup. <laughs> that one was like a six footer, yeah. All right. So uh, over the last week, I got a note from my uh, my aunt and uncle that they listened to our last episode of the podcast, and they're from uh, they're from Phoenix. They live in Mesa, right outside of Phoenix, and they're a big fan of local Phoenix uh, sports teams. And they're huge, huge sports fans in general. They they spoke highly of the podcast, and it made me think, and it made me realize we we as sports fans, especially those on this podcast, encounter people that are either from different areas or live in different areas and are just fans of teams from just different metropolitan areas. And we we often have to navigate the waters of having a conversation with those fans. And especially if you don't know the person or don't have a rapport built up with them, being maybe intense or competitive as we are by nature, uh, tend to want to trash talk or speak down to or get an intense conversation right out the gate. And maybe that's not always the best idea, depending on what city they're from. Let's say Cleveland up until 2000 and what was it? 15, 16, 16, 2016, uh, when the uh, Indians got in the world series and, or when the Cavs won and Indians also got in the world series in the same year and going up until then, <coughs> you don't really need to get super intense or competitive in a conversation with a Cleveland fan because you kind of feel bad for them. On the other hand, Anybody from Boston, nobody feels bad for. Nobody likes. Nobody likes the Patriots. Unless you're a Red Sox fan, you don't like the Red Sox. No, the, the Bruins have had good runs. Even the Phillies, not that long ago, were in the World Series. So it, it's something that you need to be aware of going into conversation. So I figure we might as well go city by city and at least talk about as kind of a thought exercise of what. how are these fan bases feeling? What's the state of the union for the fan bases of these different cities so we can at least be aware going into these conversations. And I wanted to start with Phoenix as kind of an interesting place to start here of making the evaluation of trying to decide, do you go in and not feel bad for them or do you feel bad for them and, and kind of tread lightly? So Phoenix, of course, we have the Cardinals, Diamondbacks, Suns, Coyote, and then you can even go with the uh, the Sun Devils there because Tempe's essentially Phoenix. So college does count. People are emotionally attached to their college teams, so that does count too. So what are your guys' thoughts right out the gate here? We, I figure we go one by one. I might be kind of biased because most of those teams are in my division. Sure. Um, but, I mean, the Cardinals were just in the Super Bowl. What year was that? Face the Steelers, 2007? Mm-hmm. Eight. Eight. Um, the Suns were just in the Western Conference Finals as early as 2009. Had a two-time MVP. Cart, what's the other team? Suns, Cardinals, Diamondbacks. Uh, Just in the playoffs. Yeah, and they, their World Series was 2002. Yeah, so technically. So, I mean, yeah. what I, I think I'm going to judge it by maybe the last 15. You want to go 20, that's kind of a lot. But, like, 15 years, I think they've had. I'd take it as a state. I wouldn't. Or, not state, but, yeah, state. State of Arizona. They've had some pretty good luck. I don't know. I feel like, like they're. I don't hate them like a Red Sox, like a Boston team. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of neutral towards them because, I don't know. Yeah, they've had good su- playoff, decent playoff success. They ha- obviously haven't won the whole thing. I know the Cardinals have like one of the longest championship droughts in sports. But their, their fans, I don't know obviously the numbers, but just feel, 
I don't see a lot of Diamondbacks or Suns or Cardinals fans around. Whereas, like, I see... I mean, for to be so close to California and not see a lot of fans from those teams, like, I don't know. I did, they're just, like, in the back of my head. I don't encounter them very often. So something to note, I believe Phoenix is the it's they're definitely one of the largest cities in the u.s they're enormous they're people don't realize how large of a city and how large of a market that is uh it might be more of a uh destination place to move to rather than move from so you're not going to see a lot of people especially in california where there's so many options for sports where the people aren't going to just arbitrarily be a fan of those teams maybe i don't know if that's the case but I do know it's a very, very large city with very large fan base. And I think it's important to note uh, that the further you go back, the closer you get to 10 years back and 15 and even 20, the less it matters to the to person's feeling of today. We could talk about Cameron Holden clutching on to those two Super Bowls that the uh, Miami Dolphins had from forever ago. Uh, or one. Was it one? Two. They have two. Yeah. They have two. From you know 20 plus years before he was born or 20 years before he was born and if you're a miami dolphins fan you don't really feel that that strongly about that you really can't unless you were i guess around for that but your team hasn't been really that relevant too often since especially not in the last 10 years that's for sure so you know you look at let's just start with the cardinals cardinals they have been overall a mediocre team in the last nine years they've made the playoffs I think once the I, NFC Championship year. The NFC Championship year, or no? They, the, yeah, where they lost to the Panthers. They, they got uh, routed by the Panthers, uh, and then they might have made it uh, one year either before or after that. Uh, I had I pulled this up earlier. Didn't they just lose like an an overtime game in the playoffs? No. What am I thinking? It must have just been a regular season. Game. Whatever it was, I know that. You know, the year that they got to the Super Bowl against the Steelers, I don't know about you guys, that kind of feels like a long time ago. That really does. That was, what, nine years ago? Yeah. So that to, almost to me feels so long ago that especially the Diamondbacks in 2002 or whatever year it was that they won, that that might as well be a different lifetime in, in the feelings and the current emotional state of a sports fan. So the Suns, yeah, they were great with Steve Nash, and they weren't ever great enough to really push it over the edge. They still got beat four to two uh, by the Lakers in the playoffs or in the Western Conference Finals, the best they've done, you know, really ever. Uh, so, it, yeah, it's easy to say that you can't really feel bad for them, and this is why I thought it was an interesting city to start with, because even looking at the Sun Devils, they've as a football team, they've actually been pretty bad in the Pac-12 over the last ten years. There hasn't they've had one year where they went to the Pac-12 championship game. They played Stanford and just got destroyed. With Brock? Was it with Brock? Yeah. And I think that was 2012. Yeah. Yeah, they got destroyed. Stanford was the number seven seed in the nation at the time. Um, and they were 10-2 and two going into the Pac-12 championship. But anyway, so I th I'm going to lean towards kind of giving them a break. The Cardinals, they've been an average team at best uh, with a couple of talented squads, but they just keep getting beat up by people, by players leaving there's nothing they haven't had a, you know, an illustrious history of really just been consistently making the playoffs. They've squeaked in a few times and it was 10 years ago that they made it to the Super Bowl. And that was kind of a rough game. But 
They, they have Larry Fitzgerald. They've had some great players there, but I'm going to lean towards feeling more bad for them than the other way. They actually lost to the Panthers two years in a row in the playoffs. Oh, was it two, uh, one was a divisional game, though, right? One was the wild card, and one was conference finals. Oh, there we go. In the past, let's add to 15, let's say, just say 15 years. So, what is that, 2003? Top five Arizona-based players. So, obviously, Larry Fitzgerald is going to be number one. Uh, so, we're going, who are the top five Arizona players in the last 15 years? Yeah. In any sport? Yeah. Steve Nash. Steve Nash, Larry Fitzgerald. Would Amari be in there? If he is, that that starts to be a really sad list. I mean, he was good, but Patrick Peterson, anybody? Goldschmidt, no. maybe Patrick Peterson. Paul Goldschmidt's got to be in there. Well, Kurt Warner. I mean, yeah, maybe not at that time of his career. I mean, maybe yeah. Same thing that he was okay. Shaq was uh he was okay when he was there he made an all-star team with him. but wasn't he only there for two years yeah i feel like amari was would be over there over Shaq, but i don't know how long has paul goldschmidt been with them 2012 i think 2013 so Not enough time and when did randy johnson leave the time back to around 2003 yeah yeah so that was exactly yeah, he, was with the giants, he was with the giants 2004 so it was 2003 yeah, yeah. I gotta take a piss. Yeah, go for it, man. So yeah, Fitz, Steve Nash, Sam Bradford. Shut up, Sam Bradford. So overall, especially the the current state, a couple of those teams have done well in the last couple of years or a few years ago, but they're all mediocre or bad now. Yeah, Diamondbacks have been really bad this past year. The Coyotes have been terrible for ten years straight, uh, and the. Cardinals have been subpar. They've been all right. You know. Anquan Bolton might be in there too. Bolton was a great player. He was an absolutely great player. I'd put him close to Amari. Amari probably a little bit better. Just because, yeah. Huh. Amari was kind of an undisputed all-star at the time. Yeah. And Anquan really wasn't. He was kind of border at best. Yeah. So, Interesting thought. I don't know. Kind of going through these cities, thinking about it. It's just something to think about. Uh, that's probably one of the tougher ones. And at least it's an interesting market because you have a team from every major sport, really. So just a fun thought. Uh, <clears throat> moving on a little bit. I guess I'll, I'll wait for Ryan to come back. But I mostly wanted to hear your guys' thoughts because I've been having a lot of thoughts recently based on my recent hobbies about esports in general and we can start with the the question or the discussion of whether or not esports are a sport and whether or not that even matters but what what do you guys feel about esports like are you do you feel like it's kind of ridiculous and silly do you think it's interesting or do you think there's a future in it do you think you know what do you know about it how do you play any games at all I know that Ryan plays a little bit of, you know, Madden and 2K and probably not any of the other games that might be considered esports. Uh, I know Nick plays those plus has had a little history in Call of Duty, which is has a competitive scene to it over a million dollars a year in uh, prize winnings can be, you know, one in playing Call of Duty, at least Advanced Warfare. Um, so what do you guys think about esports in general and just start the conversation there? Well, yesterday, 2K, me and Nick were watching the 2k league that just uh 
started this year. So you basically create your my player. You have your own team, and like each team. So like the Warriors have a team, the Kings, mm-hmm. and I think they make close to seventy k a year. I'm not sure, um, but hey, if that's it's a skill, and if you should get paid, if you get paid for something you're good at, then I'm all for it. it so like, what's a sport? That's what we have to define. If we're, I mean, I don't think it matters whether we call it a sport or not, but because we could just define esports as something completely different. But a sport is defined, I think, like I mean, just looking up the definition. This is someone who's calling me. <laughs> uh, an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. Like if you take out that physical word then it's a sport but like what are is chess a sport is chess considered a sport well here's what's interesting so you look at like the olympic committee or other committees like international committees that define sports and every single one of them that i've looked at look you know preparing for this this discussion they've all been pretty liberal kind of throwing out the term sport for a lot of different things anything from chess to poker so both of those by different committees have been considered sports. So if you want to debate whether or not it's a sport under the, that kind of rubric of definitions, it's more of one than maybe just even chess by, by itself. It has all the things of chess plus more. So, yeah, if you want to go by that definition, I, the, I was watching a video today trying to decide whether or not it was a sport. And I came to the conclusion at the end of it, and this kind of, this guy's, you know, discussion of it was that he thinks it's not a sport, even though he's a huge fan of it. And he's like, I don't care whether or not it's a sport. He doesn't think that football is a sport because he thinks that sports are all just running, jumping, throwing individual performance type thing. That was kind of his argument. And he thinks the other ones are games. Doesn't mean they're bad. They're just not sports. So he's being super pedantic, defining sports in general. Um, but the more I, I think about this argument, whether or not it's a sport doesn't matter. The, a lot of ESPN has had pushback. I think the, the guy who run or the CEO of ESPN, whatever it was, was talking crap about esports in general, saying it's not a real sport. It's not whatever. We don't want to have it on our program, this and that. But then they have poker. Well, when was that? Because now they have like, they're pretty big into the League of Legends and stuff. It was like uh, two or three years ago. Okay. Yeah. And spelling Bee on ESPN. Yeah. And there was even Spelling Bees. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I thought that, that was a little bit, uh, hypocritical uh, of that statement there is just kind of old cranky not liking video games specifically i mean it's just like all the old nba players talking bad about the warriors and the teams of today Mm -hmm. it's it's similar to that i mean i feel like video games have a negative connotation for whatever reason in our society like they're a waste of time whether it be people saying they're a waste of time killing blood cells or brain cells you hear all the time right. like, from your parents and stuff. Like it has a negative connotation uh, because I don't know if it's because it, you could be outside ex- like exercising. I don't know. Like it's, it has a negative connotation. So people like that are going to say, Oh, it's not a sport because I don't know. It's not an activity. So touching on the physical exertion thing a little bit. Yes. You're not going to find the best, the fastest runners or the strongest squatters or bench pressers or anything. But almost every esports 
you know, pretty much all of them are played on PC with maybe a few exceptions. A lot of the sports games you're going to find on console on a professional level or in a large tournaments. Playing on PC, you're not working your biceps, triceps, and, you know, all that very much. But why are fingers less important? Why are, you know, wrist movements, fingers, and the dexterity and the speed in which you can do those things actually less real than being able to lift something heavy with your arms. I mean, it's a thought. It's just, you're, it, the, the speed and the control in which some of these guys have is unbelievable. It's unreal. Like, especially, you're going to find the craziest amounts of this in a lot of the Korean players and things like League of Legends or Dota 2. I don't know. It was, it was a thought I had. We don't even need to get that deep into it. But I was looking at some of the prize pools of these con, or these uh, tournaments Dota 2 this past or this year or this past year had 140 million dollar prize pools among all tournaments for the year. 140 million dollars, enormous amount of money. The next, the next two highest ones were Counter Strike Go and League of Legends at 52 and 53 million dollars respectively. Then you could go down the list a little bit. You're gonna find games like Overwatch, uh, a, you know, a bunch of other ones, even uh, Starcraft 2 still today many many years later with many millions of dollars in prize pools overwatch has a professional league robert Kraft, the owner of the patriots owns the boston team for overwatch these guys are making true salaries just like they are in 2k of 60 70,000 a year or more those are the minimum salaries they're on teams they're training they have coaches they have sponsors there's live broadcasts of it this is this is becoming a real thing do you think it's going to continue in that direction do you want to watch it? Are you interested at all? I don't know if I'd ever watch it, but like I said, I'm I love video games and you know, that's something that you can make a living off of. So I'm all for that. I've never been interested in watching video games to be honest, but I mean, I think it's going to continue cuz it's pretty much just really taking off. I mean, didn't was it UC Irvine or something that offered a scholarship for it? For Overwatch players, yeah. It's insane. Here's a question, kind of, I don't know if you had more to say on that topic, but it's it's kind of related. Do you think that video games can make you better at sports? It, depending on exactly what you mean by that, yes. Okay, so without me giving more context, what, do you, what is your thought? Uh, my first thoughts are, understanding mostly of like strategy so depending on if we're talking about like team sports like traditional team sports soccer football basketball you know baseball hockey whatever probably more so of a game like uh football and of soccer uh just understanding the flow of the game and how it flows at a high level um just being able to quickly process information and the more you do it and simulate it in a game, the more it might just become second nature to you and of just understanding of having game sense of what's going on and what the ultimate goal is of each position. And I think that gives you just a better understanding overall. Physically, no, it's not going to get you more fit ever. Of course not. But mentally, yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot to be said for mental preparation, visualization, understanding the game and so on. Maybe... Um... You could, the thing I could kind of relate it to is maybe like you're watching film. 
in a way you could see what works and what doesn't but again you don't know what works if you're using Steph Curry guarding guarded by Raymond Felton <laughs> but yeah I I'm just gonna lean no actually I don't think what about hand-eye coordination well are you playing 2k on xbox or playstation is going to improve eye hand coordination as a general thing to what level to where it'll you'll see an impact actually playing basketball i'm i'm not talking about like yeah i'm gonna play i'm just talking like the most minute way okay can it have any impact on your hand eye because that's i've heard that debate whether it actually helps your hand-eye coordination or not so if it's helping your hand-eye coordination one would think that yeah it's going to help you in those sure sports i don't see how it wouldn't i like i really don't i you are literally processing information visually and you're reacting or proactively assuming things but you're reacting with your hands yeah you're making taking visual information and turning into motor movement that's all eye hand coordination is and everybody who's ever played a video game knows that you get better at it the more you play. Yeah. And just like doing Sudoku, you're constantly working out your brain doing that. So especially highly strategic games like the ones that you're going to find uh, are common among uh, esports being like League of Legends, Dota, some of these uh, MOBAs, the whatever, uh, are incredibly strategic. And it's super, super important. These guys have playbooks. And they run plays and they're doing all of these things and having to counteract in the moment that, how could it not? This is way more active, critical thinking than you're ever going to get watching a TV show. Way more. Like eons beyond what you could possibly imagine. It's super intense and it's exhausting. So if someone tells me it's not, I mean, you're going to have to be the one that proves me that I'm wrong here because every, you know basic logic I can muster up tells me that it's going to definitely be helpful. I just, like, growing up, I don't know why my mom told me to stop playing video games, because I think it helped me at sports. In the most minute way. That was always my comeback to my mom. Anyway. Don't know if I actually believe it, but I could argue it. Yeah. It Well, would she... She was saying, hey, stop playing video games or doing anything inside and go do something else or stop playing video games and watch TV instead. <laughs> no, she just she's just one of those traditional. People that I was talking yeah, about. yeah, it's a very traditional way of thinking. Sure. When in reality, we were outside like 90 percent of the time and playing video games, the other 10 percent. Sure. Yeah. It's just like that perception. Yeah. I mean, growing up, they didn't have that. Yeah. So they thought it was wrong. And I'm sure when we have kids now i hope you're gonna let your son play a lot of video games since he thought it was helpful and he's hopefully one day listens to this podcast and if you ever tell him no he'll say fuck off he said video games were helpful i'm i mean i'll probably tell him that it's gonna kill his brain cells and that he should be outside <laughs> but he'll he'll be able to play. well it, you know i remember a couple of years ago i i didn't play a lot of games at all of any kind and i had a, a really close friend of mine every time i was hanging out he'd always be like watching twitch or, like watching league of legends tournament or whatever i still don't understand league of legends i've never played it i don't really get it um, but he just loved it and was watching all these tournaments and getting super excited about it and 
plan his day around it. I'm like, man, that's stupid. I don't want to ever watch somebody else play a game. How do you watch a game tournament? How do you even play these games all the time? That just sounds ridiculous. And then recently I found myself watching a lot of Twitch, streaming, playing games, having a great time, and kind of changing my mind about it. So I'm not coming from a long-standing belief trying to convince other people of something that I've always been right the whole time. I've just recently come to this way of thinking and I think there's something to be said for it. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Fair enough. Yeah. It's a good topic. Uh, what else you got? Is there a, a getting buckets? Is there any topics you had in mind? I'd have, I'll be honest. A lot of my getting buckets are mostly geared for Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> And without Sterling, I guess now it kind of just leads more into sports and stuff. So, can you get back to me maybe toward the end? And I'll sure. think of something. Something good. Uh, NBA draft lottery. That happened when I was at dinner with a client, by the way. And I didn't want to pull up my phone and uh, kind of be rude or anything. You guys sent so many texts back and forth that night that my thigh was vibrating the entire dinner. I think there was 47 when I checked my phone after. Uh, are you excited about the lottery? What happened there, Nick? I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right. Obviously, since 2002, I've been saying that that game was rigged, and I've been wondering when the NBA is going to get the Kings back. Because, you know, LeBron leaves, the Cavs get three number ones or however many they got. Like, the Cavs got to get, or the Kings got to get something. And I feel like this was just, like, them trying to get the Kings back without actually getting them back. Because I, I just feel like it was a tease. I feel like DeAndre Ayton's clearly the number one player. Luka Doncic just today said that he's not coming over because he, said the, maybe. he basically said the Sacramento Kings got the second pick, so I'm staying in Europe, is essentially what he said. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's what he said. So, like, the Kings got the second pick, but they're not going to get one of the top two players. And if they do, it's get, he's going to be in Europe for two, three years. Pulling a Ricky Rubio, basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So yeah, it's great that we got the second pick. We'll probably get a good player. I mean, I'm the Kings are going to mess it up because they don't know how to do anything else. So they're going to get a player like Thomas Robinson or Jimmer Fredette and just be completely beyond below average for another 10 years. Well, Thomas Robinson was picked fifth overall. Jimmer was yeah. later than that. He was like eight, nine. Nine. Right nine. Before Clay. Right before 11. Clay. Clay was 11. And wasn't Alec Burks at like 8 or something? Yeah. Well, I think it was after. I don't know. I know Giannis was right after Clay. And wasn't Kawhi in that draft too? Yeah. At like 19, 21, The, the Kings 18? could have had, like all the NBA superstars that have been drafted in the last like six years, eight years, the Kings could have had all of them. They could have had... Hypothetically speaking. Yes, like they could have drafted the entire Warriors core outside of Kevin Durant. Like the 2015 Warriors. They could have drafted Kawhi, Paul George, all these guys. Also, now you have the final straw of the Kyrie Irving trade. Who would you say won the trade? So the Cavs basically got Larry Nance, Jordan Clarkson, 
and the eighth pick of the 2018 NBA draft. I mean, obviously, if the eighth pick turns into a superstar, then the Cavs will win it years down the road. But right now, the Celtics won it, even though, like, the Celtics won it by default because the Cavs lost so bad. Yeah. Because, like, they got Kyrie, but he hasn't, like, he's been there, but he hasn't helped them. They're going to potentially get to the finals without him. Like, they don't necessarily need him. Yeah, completely without him the entire playoffs. But he played great when he played this year. Oh, yeah, he's great. So, like, they won by default. Are the Celtics better with him? I mean, yeah, but honestly. They have to be, right? Yes, but the drop-off from him to Scary Terry hasn't been what most of us thought it would be. (laughs) That's a fact. It is. Scary Terry has balled up. Like, their team doesn't look different from the one it did two months ago. It doesn't. Is it... Is it possible that other guys on the team have just kind of filled in the gap, just a little part of all those gaps overall, and they've stepped up with the the more touches and and more whatever, or they've matured? Because a lot of those guys are young. How many are rookies, or how many are in their first three years especially? Yeah, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have obviously developed more, but I don't know if that necessarily doesn't happen with Kyrie on the floor. I mean... Well, that's my point. Would they even be better with Kyrie right now? Why are those guys? You know, so would they be up to zero with Kyrie? Is kind of what, and I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Assuming that the games go exactly like they did, yes. Sure. I mean, Kyrie Irving's obviously better than Terry Rozier, but the way they're he's not better than Scary Terry, <laughs> but he's better than Terry Rozier, and like just the way their team's built, I don't necessarily think they'd be so much better with Kyrie Irving uh I don't want to completely leave this (laughs) conversation uh except for I forgot to mention one thing that I thought was super interesting about uh esports in general I just want to bring it up before I forget it again so the Dota 2 international tournament in 2016 there was a they what they do in the international tournament is they have a prize pool of I think it was 1.2 or 1.8 whatever it was million dollars the rest was crowdfunded it got to up to over 20 million dollar prize pool in one tournament crowdfunded so 19 million 19 million of the prize pool was funded by fans just pledging money towards the tournament that's so different from the way that every other sport operates but it is so similar to how Twitch operates of people subscribing and donating to people that they want to support to make them continue to make content or play competitively to be in it for entertainment. Do you think other sports, you know, however many years down the road might be more directly crowdfunded, more of a true democracy? No, I don't see how No. I, I don't think so, but yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy that how that how that works and how it it incentivizes people to play that game. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that because I just thought that was a crazy thing. I didn't even know about that till today when I was just looking shit up. Um, but it's just a really interesting fact about that specific tournament in that game uh, that that might be more of a real thing down the road. They're more trying to copy traditional sports with owners, teams, you know, whatever, so on and so forth. But Celtics, if you were looking something up about them or anything, no, whatever, sorry, go I back to it. Anyway, 
So, do we talk about the Western Conference Finals with Sterling not here? We can, but wouldn't be as fun. Wouldn't be as fun? I mean, let's just leave it at this. It's literally exactly how it's gone. Or it's gone exactly how all three of us in this room thought it would before the series started. That's it. Look at it like this. The Warriors. And it, like, it's... They're almost to, as to an individual individual standpoint, they're chasing like nothing, like LeBron James is at this point. They go on the road, six five win team, greatest offense ever, blah 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 blah. They get a split, you know, and now it's they lose one game, and all of a sudden the wheels are falling off. Not according to you guys, but according to a lot of people. But I mean, they did what quote-unquote they're supposed to do sure and what makes me laugh about the series is uh after game one the the sexy commentary about it was oh the warriors are so far above and beyond you know the rockets that they're going to dominate the series easily without a question without question it's a complete joke this is blah 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 you know mike greenberg having the same uh, (laughs) um, sentiment that i do about the nba and the warriors and then the next day or two days later, whatever, they lose a game and all of a sudden the Rockets are going to win the series and the Warriors are falling apart and whatever. It's just such a day-to-day thing. It cracks me up. Well, yeah. Sports. <laughs> it's sports. It's sports. Yeah. Just got to deal with it. It reminds me of a lot of the uh, Blazer, like intense Blazer fans that haven't really followed basketball for more than a couple of years or maybe five, six, seven years that we'll post on Facebook. After the Blazers, I have like a... 10-game winning streak. Blazers lose one game. I knew it. They are crap all along. They're awful. They're a terrible team. Just one regular season game they lose. It just cracks me up. So. And I was talking to Nick about this. And I want to try to sound not stupid. But someone asked me, like, how pissed would you be? Like, how how disappointed? Like, would you, would you just kill yourself if they lost? I was like, I'll be totally honest, man. Growing up as a kid, as a Warrior fan, this was not even in like my wildest dreams like the Warriors winning a championship even to having two of the best players in the game like and then he I was like if you ask me right now I would trick if they if Nick said the Warriors have to lose this year and not make the playoffs next year and the Niners get to win the Super Bowl I'll take it I would take that easily sure without a doubt and like if they lost then like they lost like okay like yeah I'd be fucking disappointed I'd be pissed but like, this is something that, like, I never thought I'd ever see in my whole entire life. So, like, I'm just enjoying the ride. Well, most teams have never seen that. Yeah. And how many teams have even been close? The Bulls? Lakers. Lakers. And then if you really want to go back, Celtics. Eh, somewhat recently, Celtics. 80s, Lakers, and Celtics. Trade. That's four franchises. There's 30. So, yeah, dude, that's crazy. It's absolutely insane. You just happen to be a fan of one of the teams that kind of did that. Yeah. So that's super cool. I'm pretty positive that the Kings will never. But you can't think like that. Well, like, you dude, can. So you much can the, change in you have the right. 20 years. Like, Well, yeah, they like, could leave Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you think, you're confident that the Kings in Sacramento will never be a top team over, like, a couple-year time. I mean, they will never be a top team 
in Sacramento with this ownership group. Sure. Like, yeah, the odds, if you have a bad ownership or are from our, a fan's point of view, what we would argue is bad ownership or bad direction, the odds are lower. Sure. I just can't. <laughs> I can't look at the last 10 years of drafting and think that anything's <laughs> going to change. It doesn't matter who the general manager is. I can't look at drafts where we've gotten Jimmer Fredette and Thomas Robinson and like a two good years of Tyreek Evans. Who's the best player they've drafted in the last 10 years? Tyreek? Demarcus. Boogie. Boogie. Yeah. yeah. And look what they did. Chase he's, him away. He's on it like other. He's probably the second best player in the Sacramento era. My other C-Web. than Chris Weber. Yeah. Over Mike? Over Michael Bibby? Yes. Way over Mike Bibby. <laughs> like, Mike Bibby was great and all, but you're going to put Divac way before Bibby. And they, they traded him for Buddy Heald. And some picks. <laughs> but and, yeah. And Langston Galloway. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who else they got that boogie deal? <laughs> Tyreek Evans. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Gosh. We got Tyreek back. Full circle. They're going to get Boogie back, too, I guess. No way. Does he, does he still have a house here? I'm sure he does. He loves Sacramento. I know he, that he like supports the community and he stuff. He hates the Kings, but he loves Sacramento. I have a question. Yeah. How much do you think ownership has to do with team success? NBA? Sure. I mean, obviously you have to look at individual cases, but when you have an owner that's trying to push four-on-five basketball and cherry-picking <laughs> as a strategy then like you're probably not going to do very well you never know though it could like i don't i don't support it but it could work for all cherry picking yeah i mean it works in nba jam (laughs) (laughs) for all the fuck we know this dude's a fucking genius and people are too scared to try it out (laughs) he traded boogie for buddy healed because he thought buddy healed was the next steph curry and he's i don't i don't don't, don't don't believe that but he could be (laughs) well nobody's ever been a steph curry so there's only ever been one. Well, yeah. So there's never been a Steph Curry. So expecting a 24 or 5-year-old rookie to be a Steph Curry is stupid. That is stupid. Vivek has a weird obsession. Again, he came from the Warriors, but he, it's really weird how obsessed he is yeah. with the Warriors. It, it yeah. is. But, I mean, I think a lot of the Warriors' ownership, they kind of they always talk about the Spurs all the time. Like. They never disrespect the Spurs. They always talk good about the Spurs. Well, and I the think Spurs maybe, were the pinnacle of basketball for 20 years. Yeah, and I think that's what's happening now, like, with the Kings. Or just in that certain Well, sense. is that that crazy to look at somebody that's successful and want to replicate what they do? No. That's, no. that's life in general. Yeah. No. But I think we can all agree Vex an idiot. Like, I feel like you guys are <laughs> arguing against me right no. now. <laughs> like, I on. just think he's outside the box. And stupid. <laughs> uh, okay. So maybe he maybe he's a little too happy with out how outside the box he wants to get and a little too proud of himself for trying to be creative or different. Probably leans that direction like I do. Like, I'll admit that. I'll, I'm going to always lean that direction because I think that there's always crazy room for improvements and there's just people that have just been wrong the whole time. But it's... Well, yeah, you're, there's always going to be a Sam Hinky or a guy... Like, I have my a friend that every single time someone shoots, like, a half-court shot or full-court shot at the buzzer, he yells, in, 
just so when it goes in, he can say that he called it. Sure. So, like, yeah, there's always going to be those people that are going to try four-on-five cherry-picking basketball to see if it works. And then when it works, oh, yeah, that was me. But To be fair, also, if I'm the owner of the Kings, I'm going to get real creative and try everything because you have nothing to lose. Also, Viva got you guys in arena. Like, he's not too bad of an owner. Like, he's sure. he's made some good strides as an owner, I would say. Is there a worse one in the NBA uh, that we know of? I mean, now that there have been recently. The Clippers, that are no Clippers owner. There, yeah. Well, well I, <laughs> yeah, I, that was one of my initial thoughts. But I meant when it came to actual like basketball is the hawks was it the hawks owner or gm that sent like that the, was a GM. okay yeah um i'm trying to think of owners that have see, i think the vfx one of the only ones that tries to really i think the best owners are the ones that aren't really involved in the personnel sports decisions yeah like i can't name all the owners in the nba vivek's just like he puts himself in the middle yeah of and i th- right. i think that's kind of why people even know who he is like we can't even name could could people even name the spurs owner i had literally have no idea who it is i mean like they're i feel like vivek and mark cuban are really the only two that really and steve Ballmer. Yeah. but that's because he is kind of known before those they, those guys really put themselves out there i mean steve Ballmer's dancing like an idiot at every game and, and mark, mark cuban's cuban, a gm yeah well he's the owner too well yeah well he acts as yeah he acts as a gm I still have a vivid memory of Mark Cuban during like one of back when the Kings and Mavericks like Dirk and Steve Nash. Nick and, Van Exel was on that. Yeah, team. and I still remember him watching the game from the locker room on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. Like they showed him in mm-hmm. the TV running on the treadmill. Gosh. But then there's guys like Paul Allen in Portland, who really, really, who are clearly involved, definitely involved, but. Maybe not really making decisions. Like, you trust Neil Olshay to make decisions. Uh, and then, what's the Nets owner's name? Jay-Z. Well, <laughs> is it Mikhail Prokhorov? Is that his name? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's the main owner, right? You know who the Raptors owner is? LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said Drake. <laughs> I saw a meme. LeBron is the first person to be a player and own three different cities, three different teams. <laughs> That's funny. What about NFL? Because first, mean, Jerry crap. Jones comes to mind. I can I can name a lot of them in the NFL. Well, but as someone who's super involved, oh no, it's... is there anybody more involved than Jerry Jones? No, it, Al Davis was. Yeah. Robert Kraft is up there, man. Robert Kraft, because, yeah. I mean, with, especially with all, like, the Patriot scandals and stuff. But Jerry Jones is the, the most. Isn't he essentially their GM? Jerry Jones yeah. runs the NFL. I'm convinced of that. He has more power than Roger Goodell. Than like he's knows. basically Roger Goodell's boss? Yes. I mean... Because, I mean, the owners are the owners. And he is the king of the owners. The owners really are the people who really run the NFL. I used to think that, but not anymore. Really? Yeah, I mean, he tried to start a movement to get Roger Goodell not an extension, and Roger Goodell got an extension, and Jerry Jones got fined millions. Yeah. That's true. Jerry Jones is a boss, though. As much as he had the Cowboys. He's I hate that guy. He's a boss. He's an idiot. <laughs> he does a really good job at getting his teams mediocre for long periods of time. 
Are we applauding that? <laughs> Good job. Another 8-8 eight eight season. Man, you've really kept them afloat. Gosh. Do you, you respect Jason Garrett as a coach? In what way? Because my impression of him for the longest time was that he's kind of like this puppet for Jerry Jones. And the more I learn about him, the more I listen to him, the more I... And there was obviously a reason he was chosen to be coach for a long time ago, and it was you know they stood behind him. Um, would let's assume he never had any history with the Cowboys, knowing who he is as a coach and a person, as a personality, whatever. Would you feel comfortable with him as the coach of your team? Maybe. I mean, I don't. Or think, in your coaching staff, even. I don't think he's maximized the talent that in D- Dallas. I think they should have done more with what they had. So, I mean, I guess in that sense, I wouldn't want him as my coach. Sure. I mean, I'm sure he's a decent enough guy. (laughs) I can't talk objectively. Yeah. I heard him talk about Jason Wynn the other day, and I thought that was really cool. He he got kind of choked up talking about Jason. That story was pretty cool. You saw that, right? Yeah, I love Jason Wynn. I always have. Yeah, that was the thing that pushed me over the edge to actually being like, I kind of like this guy. Like I, as much as I have no reason to hate the Cowboys, I just do. But because they claim to be America's team, yeah, that's the real reason. Yeah. Who is America's team then? There, nobody. <laughs> they, does, does there need to be America's team? Mm-hmm. I'm just asking. The, like that's kind of silly. I think they just most basic. They still put up like the biggest numbers, TV wide and merchandise wise. It's kind of like the Knicks. Like they fucking suck, but they're always gonna be top in sales. They're always gonna be. They're always gonna get the Christmas game. They're no matter how good or bad they are. And they're pretty consistently pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Don't care. <laughs> Is there any hope for the Knicks at all? And like, do you see any actual hope for him other than Kristaps? Because clearly he's you know the unicorn. <laughs> I mean, they're in New York. It's a big market. People want. They can get a free agent or two. Yeah. They just have to hit on some draft picks. Is Kristaps going to stay there? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, is Giannis going to stay in the box? <laughs> Everyone's just going to leave now. Yeah. Just going to come to the Warriors. Shut uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to come to the Warriors. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what else we got? Dropping buckets. Getting buckets. Uh, it's kind of a touchy subject. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but... Have you guys uh, read any of the Ruben Foster trial that happened today? That I saw a tweet that was quoting his girlfriend. Yeah. About what she said about what happened. Pretty much that she lied and she's the one that was hitting him. Yeah. Uh, she like stole all of his stuff, and she just wanted. She said it was a money play to try to get and to ruin his career. Because like, she was upset with something that he cheated on her. Yeah. And he was leaving her for another girl. I mean, who knows how true it is. Um, but I'd like to get on record and say when the story first came out, I called him a douchebag, a fucktard, all the names. I feel very strongly about that kind of stuff. And it's people like me why there is a judicial system like this. Um, and it sucks that he had to go through that, if it is true. But I think this is why there's a trial and why stuff like this happens. And I believe she should get punished what the 
uh, jail time he was facing. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but well, here's the thing. At this point, unless there's some other evidence, we'll never know what actually happened. Yeah. Because to me, it's just as reasonable that what we see at face value right now, if you weren't to think any deeper about it, based on what she said, she lied about it and she made it all up. That's possible. To me, it's just as likely that she was convinced one way or another to say that now. Yeah. So either way, we'll never know. And with knowing that, I'm not going to have any opinion one way or another. My only opinion is if he did everything that she initially said he did, I I don't wish well upon him. If, if he didn't, I hope the best for him. That, it's that simple. I don't think there's any other way to look at it because we're never actually going to know. We're never going to have the elevator Ray Rice video. So and I think that's the biggest difference. Even with Zeke's uh, case, that girl never talked. And like, I think this is the biggest one where I do feel like I jumped the gun and jumped the conclusion because like she might be lying, she might not, but she's actually came out and stated in a jury under oath that, you know. It is frustrating that we have a judicial system or a law system that's based on innocent until proven guilty when it's not the reality. And I, I thought the same thing that you did. And like, I hope that it's not true. I hope that she's telling the truth now. Like, I get why we all jumped to that conclusion. It's frustrating that we did, but, like, he had the off-the-field issues already. He has that, not, like, the reputation of doing that, but he has a bad reputation. And supposedly the gun charters are dropped, too, by the way. But let's also be real. The reason that everybody jumps to that conclusion is because we all know, deep down, and there's lots of evidence to, to back this up, that there's many more incidents of men abusing women that go unreported than there are false accusations out there. So, like, from what I understand, and I firmly believe this to be true, like, infinitely more, many, many, many times more. So I'm always going to just lean to that side, not to jump to conclusions to try to hurt somebody, but I'm always going to, ah, statistically, that's probably actually what happened, unless you tell me otherwise. And I think it sucks too. Again, if it is true, like no matter what, I think he'll he'll always have that label on him as a woman beater, even if he didn't. I don't know. That's sure. what I, that's what I think. This is in the news long enough. People yeah. have that association. And well, I think that's almost that, and maybe a bad dad would be like the two worst things to be known as as a man, in my opinion. There's a few things, other things. <laughs> like. Okay, yeah, but. <laughs> There's some combine issues. There's some character issues to start, which didn't help him. But I do, I'm pretty confident in the fact, and this isn't just because I'm a Ravens fan. If there wasn't that video of Ray, that never, that story never would have come out because she defended him from day one. Yeah. She backed him up. She married him a couple months later. They're together. Days, I think. Or yeah, not, not very long after. And she defended him publicly from the very moment that that came out. I, I mean, well, the video, I think it was very short after because the incident was many months before the video leaked. Yeah. So, given that, I mean, that kind of makes me feel skeptical about her statements today. That maybe there was other reasons or maybe she, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But I, I still feel bad in general as a whole group for woman in those situations in individual situations obviously it's going to be different depending on what's going on so but yeah that one's tough 
I, it is. It really is. If if nothing actually happened, I've I've liked that guy since you know the day he got drafted. So you know I'm kind of rooting for him, and it's the NFC, so I don't really care. He's, good, he's a good player. I, I need him uh, week two to beat the Lions. You need him to beat the Lions. <laughs> you don't need him to beat the Lions. <laughs> You're right. You're I mean, right. you want him. <laughs> uh, what else has gone on recently? Anything super exciting? Uh, I mean, Saquon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you just gonna get a jersey, bro? I don't know. That should that has to be your first jersey. I know. I've never had a Giants jersey. Yeah. Do you feel nervous at all getting one of a current player? Yeah. Is that part of the reason you've never owned one? Yeah. For me, that was the biggest one. I would never get a jersey of a current player. Yeah. It would take a lot. Saquon might be worth it. You already have a Jimmy G jersey, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You got one pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, uh, mean, the Saquon's going to be a Hall of Famer. I just don't know if his whole career is going to be with the Giants. (laughs) I don't think that matters, though. Do you think so? I mean, if I had a Saquon jersey, and let's say he leaves after his rookie contract and goes to... The Packers and wins the Super Bowl. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna wear that. I'm not gonna be proud of that jersey. I'll never wear it again. I'll probably give it away. I guess. But that's so like. Okay. What's a rookie contract nowadays? Five years. Yeah, but like you franchise them for seven. If he's really that good and you fear him leaving and you don't care how much you pay him, yeah, you can keep him for seven years. I think. Yeah, like, and then by that time he's thirty years old. Okay, I'll get a jersey. (laughs) Like for instance, Steph Curry, if he went to Charlotte at the end at the end of this contract, I wouldn't give a shit. I'm My birthday is coming up. Guys. I still rock that jersey. <laughs> Gretchen, I'll tell Gretchen. <laughs> uh, but there's a scenario where let's say he has his rookie year, the Giants are all right, he has a good year, and the next year he gets an injury, plays six seven games or something. The next year the Giants do okay. The next year maybe he breaks a record, but they you know lose in the first round of the playoffs. And then, like, a lot of that happens, and then he leaves and wins, like, two Super Bowls somewhere. That's the scenario that you're afraid of. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's reasonable. Some people forget that, like, Marshall Falk started with the Colts. No. Like, stuff like that. So, that stuff like that can happen. <clears throat> but, man, I was watching some highlights of Odell today. Oh, my gosh. I'm on the same field. Are you worried about the line? It's not even fair now. No? No. I mean, here's the thing. Like, Will Hernandez isn't in his first year isn't going to be an upgrade over Justin Pugh, probably. Justin Pugh was an above-average left guard. But he could very reasonably be roughly equal to. Yes. So, like, I'm assuming that's going to be a wash. Their left tackle is infinitely better. (laughs) Yeah. They signed a, 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 the left guard from the Jaguars, who he was their worst offensive lineman, but better than what the Giants had. So that's four positions already because they're returning their center, who when Weston Richburg went down was just as good. So they need a right tackle. Eric Flowers? I don't know. Eric, That's his natural position. So like, I'm more confident than I was last year. So, 13 and 3? No. 
Why not? Why I don't think the Giants are going 13-3. <laughs> well, just last year, you were confident they were, confident they were going to go 12-4. and four. So you're just more confident in the line. I'm more confident in the line this year than last year. So what got worse? I don't think from like two years ago. Well, yeah, from your prediction last year. So your prediction last year was 12-4. The line got better, in your opinion, than what you thought it was going to be last year. Mm-hmm. So why isn't it higher? It's, because it's, they have two new systems on offense and defense. They lost. They lost a lot of depth in their secondary, which was a strength in 2015, uh, 16. Yeah. You lost JPP. You lost JPP. Like their defense is just another year older. Like Landon Collins is still banged up. He just had another surgery. Like. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be. I don't twelve and four. I think is unrealistic, especially looking at their schedule. They do have a tough schedule. That's a brutal schedule. And the start and the end of the year, right? The start is brutal. The end is extremely easy. Oh, so it just starts brutal and then ends easy. Except week eleven. The first ten games are super hard. <laughs> okay, we don't know that the Niners... Like, let's be honest. We're yeah. expecting the Niners to be good, but that we don't know. Yeah. They could very well be, a, a, you know, one or two at least years away, or they could be good right out the gate. Who knows? Still, Monday Night Football. Yeah. And the, and it's in San Francisco. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I don't know how Odell's going to come back. Yeah. And, like, their receivers are... The receivers aren't... They have Sterling Shepard and Odell and no one else. Evan Ingram. Yeah, He's receiver. Let's be, is he ever going to block? He lined up primarily at tight end last year. He'll. He's a receiver. Well, and a new offense. He's a receiver. Yeah. He's The dude's stupid fast. I th- Honestly, I think he should line up a receiver. He's stupid fast. He's a mismatch on linebackers and safeties. He's what you wanted Brandon Marshall to be. Yeah. And they have Red Ellison, who is a tight end in... He's been with the team for a year, but he was there in Minnesota. Pat Shermer knows him. <sighs> yeah. So, Enough about something guys. I forgot about that was announced today. Uh, speaking of sad franchises, Hard Knocks, Cleveland. Don't care. Don't care? Are you going to watch it? I've never watched Hard Knocks. Dude, it's great. Never watched it's it. Inter- it's, it's at least like entertaining and interesting. Yeah. It- Probably would have watched it if the Browns got Saquon. I would think that, as just the Browns franchise right now, like they don't want any extra press, and I think they're they're probably pretty bummed about it. Oh, I would be bummed if I was them. Like, very bummed. Yeah. Honestly, like I still am kind of pissed that the Browns took Baker Mayfield because Broadway Baker was the perfect name for it. Really was Baker and the Jets. Yeah. What are you gonna call him now? Like Akron Baker or something. Baker Mayfield, though, has the potential, not as a player, but just as what he can do for that city and that... As a personality? Yeah. To be like a superstar? Like yeah. LeBron James. Maybe not as big skill-wise, but like if he brings any sort of success and even a championship to that city, boy. Oh, he's... He would be a, he would be a god there. Even if he's as, if he's as talented as a guy like... Eli or Philip Rivers or one of those that maybe he's not uh, Tom Brady and Rogers Drew Brees, but maybe the next year down, he'll be the hero forever. Yeah, if he wins a championship, I mean. Oh, yeah. Even if he's not good and he wins a championship, he'll still be a hero. Like Joe Flacco. Come on. (laughs) 
even if he's just like a solid 10-year starter. Like, when was the last time? If he starts for two years in a yeah, row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he starts two full seasons. Yeah. The third season, they should just put him in the Ring of Honor. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, though. I'm super stoked to watch it because it's coming. It's going to come out right when, like, Ballers comes out again. Yeah. And... So you just watch him back to back. Oh, yeah. And you're going to have that all four of those receivers with crazy personalities... You're going to have two different quarterbacks, a story going on at running back with, you know, a new guy and kind of guy that was very good for a couple of years in, uh, in San Francisco. Then you have, uh, they just lost their maybe best player of the last 20 years in Joe Thomas. What's going on with the offensive line? And then all the guys on defense, top, you know, four overall pick, the number one pick the year before, plus the, you know, the history of they haven't won a game in two years. Like, Dude, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. You got some storylines. Yeah, I think like I'm I'm excited to see what Josh Gordon does. He's so good. Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry are two very strong personalities. Yeah. Very strong. And they're both very good. You had a guy like uh who's the guy they drafted in fourth round out of Florida? What's his name? That I really like. Yeah, Antonio Callaway. That guy's Got some things going on. Here's the thing with a player like Antonio Callaway and Josh Gordon. Not a per a person like Antonio Callaway or Josh Gordon. Picking I feel like picking him in the fourth round was kind of weird. Like obviously it's high reward, but also like I was looking through his criminal like his off field issues mm-hmm. and like it's all different stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's not the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's different stuff and like I look at that and I'm thinking, like, if this guy is j- just continuing to do different th- these things, like, how are we going to expect him to stop when he gets to the NFL with more money and more you know, opportunity, I guess? I don't know. That's It's hard because, like, obviously he's super talented and if he... A lot of people yeah. change between 18, 19 years old and sure. 23, 22, whatever. Sure. Just it's it's funny with him going to the Browns with like a similar similar off-field struggles as Josh Gordon. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. So it, I don't know how much you watched a tape of him, but he burned Minka so many times. He's good. He's real good. Um, Josh, Josh Gordon is maybe the most talented receiver in football. Yeah. He's a lot like Julio. He reminds me of Julio. And I say maybe because I think it's like, yeah, I think he's more talented than Julio. Julio is just more of a freak. Yeah. Josh Gordon's kind of, Josh Gordon's more of a freak than guys like or like he's more of a physical specimen than a guy like antonio brown or um why can't i think of his name texans deandre hopkins deandre hopkins nope so he's definitely more athletic a little faster quicker than those guys but i'll take either of those guys hands and just kind of like route running over josh gordon so i mean josh gordon's he's got a really good mix of a lot of it i don't know flash dude him and Odell are the most talented. Not saying they're the best. 
They're the most talented. Like overall talent kind of mix? Yeah, like I think Odell's more talented than Antonio Brown. I don't think that's a bad statement to make. Oh, Antonio Brown's better. He just just makes it happen? Yeah. I think he has a... Like defined talent. Like, so what do you... Like I look at their games and Odell is faster, yeah, quicker, arguably better if not on par route running. Yeah. More athletic. Yeah. Like. So it makes him better. What makes Antonio Brown better? Mental. And just somehow, when the moment's there, he just makes shit happen. That's yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, yeah, sure. He lacks talent, but he's still amazing. Yeah, he's not the most talented. He's, he's Kobe. Kobe's not the most talented player ever. He's not a top 10 talent, but he's a top 10 player. I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to say. I don't know if I can get on board with that. He doesn't have as much natural talent as like a Kobe or a LeBron. Or as a LeBron or MJ. What he make, what he lacks in that, he make up in his work ethic and his competitiveness. Like he was athletic, but not as much as those guys. No. And he was, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, sure. He's far more skilled than athletic, or m- far more skilled than talented. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll give you that. He's a little, very Antonio Brown. What's a Russell Wisp? <laughs> the opposite? Yeah, exactly the opposite. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is pure physical, unbelievable traits. Yeah, he's pure athlete. I mean, like, yeah, I guess you put him and Steph Curry's opposites. So who is Russ's receiver? Like, who's the craziest physical specimen out there? I mean, like, right now, but it's Julio. dumb as fuck. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> seriously, that's, that's, what Russ, that's what Russ is. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Not that Julio is even close to that in any way. Uh, but he's the closest thing physical wise. I mean, he was a physical freak. He was, he was not that far from Calvin Johnson in any category. I think LeBron to Leo, just in terms of receiver wise. Oh, yeah, so we're gonna compare receivers to NBA players. I like how it took this long to find the topic that I was kind of hoping for this entire podcast. I like this. You think LeBron's Julio? Yes, just the total package, just everything, just, just like. Pure physical ability, domination, talent. Yeah. If you wanted to go farther, like more of a reach, like maybe more like Gronk too. No, I think Julio's better. Yeah. Kobe is Antonio. I think Kale, Kobe and Antonio Brown's pretty solid. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. How about Kevin Durant? Randy Moss. <laughs> they're both tall and skinny and just have the entire package so but, but something missing Michael like you don't know what Jerry. it is I Randy Moss didn't have anything missing yeah. he, he's he, mental yeah, that's what I mean there, <laughs> there's just like that one little tweak yeah. where they're not there's only one reason they're they're not the most obvious best player that's ever graced us with their presence and they're like Kevin Durant has the physical everything and the kind of track record to kind of almost be that guy but there's that little something missing. Who's Chad Johnson? Chad Johnson. Lance Stevenson. 
No, no. <laughs> Chad Johnson was so good. I know. He, so who's somebody that has a lot of swag but just wasn't like the best best? John but, Wall? No, he's, John Wall doesn't talk enough. Yeah. Who was like a trash talker? <laughs> and, and <laughs> might be rusty. But he was he really that physical though? Like was he that athletic? Chad Johnson is Draymond. That quality of player and trash talking, maybe above their like skill level, which is hard to do because they're both very skilled. Yeah, that's How about fair. Russ and To. Russ Russ and To is kind of fair, except To is a little too good. Well, Russ is pretty good, but To's third best receiver all time. Michael okay, Jordan, uh, Jerry Rice. By the way, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Okay, who's Steph Curry? Who's just like, uh, just like, he's just like like a Julian Edelman or something. No, no, no. <laughs> like a elite deep threat. Who's like an elite deep threat? <laughs> like, uh, well, that here's the problem. You're going deep threat because Steph shoots threes. Sure, but. If we're gonna go like kind of a little more on the physical, what they bring to the table, so we a little more finesse. Odell, I I kind of like Steph and Odell. They're 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 very finesse type players on surface, but they have more to their game. They kind of do everything. My favorite Steph Curry comparison is Messi. Yeah, dude, they're they're the same player, just different sports. Nice. We were talking about this earlier. Steph is like. Like, I don't, I feel like I haven't appreciated Steph's finishing game as much as I do, as much as I should have. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's an elite finisher at the basket with layups and stuff. I've finally admitted to myself I don't hate him this year, and I just started watching a little more of him and, like, videos of him and stuff. He's so fucking good. There's, there's, more, to, there's more to his game than just shooting threes. Because so much That's more. what we see. Yeah. And, like... His floaters, his even passing at times, there's just so much, like, he's so good. There's more to Odell's game than catching it on a slant and running to the house, is what. Yeah. Yeah, but they do those things better than anybody else. Yes. Um, Who else we got? Who's DeAndre Hopkins? Giannis? No. That's like the opposite. I I get what you're saying. Like, uh, more like like a Ben Simmons, where you're kind of lacking the the some like a big part of the skill set but you're just so good at what you do that you're just still great Heinz Ward is like an Al Horford <laughs> just reliable yeah a little physical yeah. like <laughs> little bit dirty <laughs> just a little all right who is J.R. Smith <laughs> <laughs> J.R. Smith? J.R. Smith. J.R.'s like going to be like a Ted Ginn or like a, just one of those flashy, deep guys that's kind of a shit talker. Victor Cruz. No. What? Salsa dancing? Victor Cruz is so much <laughs> better see, than J.R. I see what he's saying, though. <laughs> I see what he's saying. Different. I don't, nah, I don't see it. Whoever has the most swag, that's who J.R. is. The three people with the most swag. The most swag and doesn't have enough to back it up, but they almost do. I mean, he has a championship. Jarvis Landry. (laughs) It's Jarvis. Jarvis Landry's way better. (gasps) But Victor Cruz is it? Come on. (laughs) Jarvis Landry. As much as I want to talk shit about Jarvis Landry when he's on the Dolphins, 
Oh, he's re- absurd. Yeah, but he's not better than Victor Cruz. Again, just objectively. Victor, well, Victor Cruz is what, two seasons? Jarvis Landry's? Jarvis Smith is Yeah, but, Michael I mean... The chain. Yeah. The chain. Wait, who? Michael Crabtree, Jarvis Smith. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just because of the chain, not similar. No. Okay, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Uh, who's Steve Smith? Uh, Andre Miller. Kevin Garnett. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, like if you take it out of take out the height part, someone who's just tough as nails. Patrick Beverly. <laughs> That's kind of an interesting. How about Steve Larry Smith. Fitzgerald? Yeah. Tim Duncan. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. I love Tim Duncan for all the same reasons. Actually, I hate Larry Fitzgerald, but he's so good. You hate him because he's you, the Cardinals. Yeah, he fucks if, us every year. If he wasn't on the Cardinals, you would love him. Yeah, yeah. I know. You he's such a likable guy and player. He's so amazing. I love hearing Bruce Arians just talk about him as a person. He's like, Larry just flies around the world in the offseason by himself with his camera and just takes all these pictures and just experiences the world, meets people, and just like, like who does that? Just by yourself and just loves life and just enjoys everything around you and comes back and just shares his like travels. I'm like, that's crazy. Larry's uh, the best. Who's Shaq? As a receiver? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're giving Tim Duncan. Yeah. Dude, Shaq is Gronk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They even dance the same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about NBA to NFL coaches? Obviously, like Bill Belichick, Greg Popovich, or Popovich. That, yeah, that's an easy one. Um, Who's Brad Stevens? Rams coach McVay? Maybe. No, Kyle Shanahan. He's Kyle Shanahan. Maybe. Yeah, I like it's harder it's hard in the NFL cuz Brad Stevens you want to go young guy that's just clearly a very good coach but has to prove himself over many years. Who like I don't know. Let's NFL's go back so to the receivers. Harder. Yeah. <laughs> receivers is way way more fun. Um who else we got? Who's Keenan Allen? John Wall. No. Uh, I'm more inclined to say Kyrie, but it doesn't feel right. <laughs> Someone that's just like hurt all the time. For different reasons. And <laughs> maybe borderline all-star. Kyrie. Yeah. All right. It's Kyrie. Until I think otherwise, I'll go with that. Mm, all right, I have another question. Wait, AJ think. Green? Hold on. AJ Green. AJ Green. Kawhi. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Stupid consistent. <laughs> <laughs> and you stupid. know exactly what you're getting. He's consistent, but he's also kind of disappointing in his own way. I'm just going to always talk shit about AJ Green. His team is. Kawhi. And he is. He is. Yeah. He's, it's, it's hard to be consistent and disappointing and still be like a superstar. All, all three of those at the same time. Kawhi. And both those guys have the same thing. I feel like Kawhi's not disappointing before this year. <laughs> no, but they, he eventually got there just like AJ did. AJ was untouchable until kind of recently where you realize, oh, wait, he's stupid consistent and he's super talented, but there's something, something missing. Yeah. He's laughing at stupid consistent. <laughs> You know who else is stupid is consistent? Saquon. Yep. <laughs> Tim, who are your three favorite Ravens right now? My three favorite in what way? As players or as Okay, what's, who's the three best players on the Ravens? The three best players on the Ravens are 
Can I just ignore how old they are? Sh- sure. Marshall Yonda is one. TJ Mosley. Maybe CJ Mosley and Jimmy Smith. Okay. Would you trade those three right now if we guaranteed you a Portland Trailblazers championship next year? <laughs> he asked me this earlier. So this is tough. As much like I love the Blazers, but I just love football. Like no, I know. Yeah, but you've already seen guaranteed them win. the Blazers championship. Guaranteed, just guaranteed. And just the Ravens just lose those players. Yeah, they're just gone. Yeah, they're just gone. You get to pick how the Blazers win too, though. <laughs> yeah. Like it could be a sweep. So over. basically, he asked me, would, would I trade Clay Draymond and? So this is also way different too. The more I think about it, the more I realize I still think the Ravens are actually okay without all three of those players. As as weird as that is, in basketball it's way different because you lose your three best players in basketball, you are guaranteed to be terrible. Yeah. Well, also I said unless you're the Celtics, apparently. I said Clay Thompson and Draymond. So you still have KD and Steph. Would I trade those two for or just KD for a Niners Super Bowl? If you can just trade KD for a Niners Super Bowl, yeah. If I was him, I'd do it. I, no, I did say that. Yeah, I, that's not even hard, actually, to be honest with you, because they're still really good. <laughs> yeah, they, they <laughs> literally. Or without Draymond and and uh, Clay, they're still also probably going to be very, very good, yeah. like really good. The Ravens, I still think, are going to be. They'll be worse without those three players, but they didn't have Marshall Yonda last year. They didn't have Jimmy Smith for half. I was just flipping off the wall for half of last year. And CJ Mosley, yes, he's a very good player, but he's an inside linebacker. So, yeah, sure. I mean, like, you take Suggs out, they have four good pass rushers behind them. You take any of those guys out, they just have so much depth, they just don't have a lot of top-tier talent. Yeah. So, yeah, of course I'll do it, now that I think about it. It's not even hard. Wait, you would? I would definitely. Just, just shoot those all three of those players in the knee, and they can never play again. But then and, he added 10 years, no playoffs. And 10 years, no playoffs? Well, that's what he added just for me. I think he he was mad that it was so easy for me to say. Yeah. Oh yeah, now the no, no, I would just I wanted to see where the <laughs> line far? was. Yeah, the line. Because first I asked him if he'd trade Steph, and he said no. Yeah, that's the line. And guaranteed ten years no playoffs. Yeah. For the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get one? Chance? I mean, do I live for just like the first round of the playoffs? <laughs> I mean, for the Ravens might just miss the playoffs for ten years. That's entirely possible. You don't. You don't know. But I like. I like watching football so much more. Like yeah. I have to watch every Ravens game, and I love every single second of it. And I, football might not be around for much longer. And there's that too. And I can watch two or three Blazers games a year and kind of be satisfied. To be completely honest <laughs> with you, like I literally just watched two or three games an entire year, and then the playoffs come. And I watched every game of the playoffs, and that was great. As much as they all sucked, they got swept, but. Uh, I even went to one and loved it. I still love the team. I still follow them. I still play fantasy basketball. But watching the games is so much more important to me. And that's why I feel so much more invested to where I'm going to say no. That's fair. But my line was 10 years. Anything above 10 years and Steph Curry. You could take anything else. <laughs> and I'm taking the Niners Super Bowl. Yeah, I get that. I mean, especially in the landscape of basketball the way it is and the way the Blazers' future looks, which is they kind of given the roster right now kind of peaked like that's the very best they'll ever be with the current roster so, I, so they need to blow it up they, <laughs> they need to do something drastic one way or another whether or not it's really go aggressively after something or just trade a lot of assets for potential future value or current value whatever it is um 
Yeah. So, and how hard it is to win in the NBA, especially in the West. Dude. Yeah, that would be insane. They should trade Dame. <sighs> what? Is that really that unreasonable? I mean, it's kind of like Steph, dude. To the city. He's he, the heart and soul. He's going to get the most valuable value back. But he's the heart. He's the soul. He's he's all of the grit. Yeah, he's the he's, heart of those last 10 playoff losses. <laughs> dude, he's also the player that made that first playoff series win happen. In the most fantastic fashion. That's true. He is the only guy on that team that has kind of Steph untouchable nature to him. Yeah, but like if you're going to not re- that he's even close to as good as Steph. If you want to rebuild, the, like he, that's the move. Dude, CJ's got almost as much value. No, I don't think so. I really, I really do think he does. And like not, not like you know this close, but not that far off to where you you don't really consider it. Like a, I. As much as I love CJ too, and those guys love playing with each other, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think just, you you'd have to trade Nurkic and CJ to get the same value back that you're going to get for Dan. Probably. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'll give you that. You know, what would be probably best for them. What? Just move to the Eastern Conference, not move Portland to leave Portland because that would hurt my everything, you know, for me. But I mean, like, to the West is just brutal. Yeah. And the future of the West is looking even more brutal. Because LeBron's gone there. And. Because <laughs> he's going to the Lakers, according to every Lakers fan. And look how good the Pelicans were without Boogie. Yeah. If Boogie just goes to a bad West team. Like the Kings. Like back to the Kings or the Lakers or whatever. Uh, and Paul George stays in the West and LeBron comes to the West. And I mean, all those other teams, are like the Jazz are still probably going to be pretty good. Timberwolves aren't going anywhere. There's going to be like 10 good teams in the West. Pissing me off. It's dumb. 10 teams that would easily be in the top five of the East. The East has been better. Lately. There's four good teams. The one, two, three, and four were the only teams respectable as like real playoff teams. The LeBron toes are not respectable. They're a legitimate regular <laughs> season team that will get enough wins to be a, a playoff caliber team. They're a playoff caliber team in the West. They would have been the third seed in the West. I mean, yeah, the Raptors would have been in the playoffs in the West. Yeah. No question. Third seed. Well, they weren't nearly as good as the Rockets or the, the Warriors, for sure. No, that's why I say that. I mean, they had a better record than us. <laughs> yeah, clearly better. <laughs> yeah, it's easy in the East, dude. Hey, I mean, maybe if they didn't run into LeBron, they might meet you there and might beat you. Oh, shit. <laughs> you have to get past the Rockets first. <laughs> Shake it into my boots. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably going to wrap it up for today. Um, we had to get it done at 5.05. I had to drive home with the worst traffic of the day. Thanks, guys. Or you could have told me that earlier. And we could have stopped earlier. I was going to, but we were going. We literally, when I was going to leave, we started talking about the receivers. <laughs> that was that was the best topic of the day. Yeah. Uh, title. We can talk about this on it because it's the way in anyway. Um. Wait. Is it still going? Yeah, it's still going. I don't care. Uh. Who was the funniest comparison? <laughs> Probably the uh, Shaq, Shaq and Gronk. Shaq and Gronk. <laughs> Something having to do with Shaq and Gronk. I don't know what it would be. All right. I'll figure something out. On that note, it was fun.